Hello listeners, welcome to today's podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about the standard work Dakota Access Pipeline. Native American protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline have become an international rallying cry for indigenous rights and climate change activism, joining thousands to the rural area of Cannonball, North Dakota. As the controversial oil pipeline approaches the river that is standing rock so try, fierce is contaminates, and as a means the rice police force continues to engage in the standoffs with demonstrators, here is what we know so far. Okay, so before we get into the process, we first need to talk about the Dakota Access Pipeline, you know, what it is, which funding and whatnot. The Dakota Access Pipeline, which moving forward, we're just going to call DAPL for simpler terms, is a $3.7 billion project that will transport crude oil from baking fields in North Dakota to a refinery in Patoka, Illinois, which is somewhere near Chicago. The 1,172-mile pipeline, roughly 30 inches in diameter, will carry 470,000 barrels per day, and the project is funded by a company called Energy Transfer Pattern. You may be thinking why it is a big problem and who is opposing this project and why. The indigenous people are the opposing force of this project. They say that the project threatens sacred native lands and could contaminate their water supply for the Missouri River, which is the longer, longest river in North America. Activists who call themselves the water protectors argue that the pipeline poses similar threats to the now defeated Keystone XL, but states that the DAPL has failed to that gather the same amount of national attention. Tribal leaders also say that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, their first initial decision was to allow the pipeline to run within a half mile of the local reservation, and this was done without consulting tribal governments or any indigenous leader, and without the, uh, without thinking about the impact of their actions. The tribe also said that the project violates federal law and native treaties with the U.S. government. Where are the protests taking place? The first protest camp emerged in April when members of the Standing Rock and other Native American groups rode on a horseback and established a spiritual camp called Sacred Stone. Several other large camps featuring a diverse mix of tribes and non-Native supporters have since emerged. The main camp, the main camp where more than a thousand are gathered, is called Oseti Sakowin. In 2016, Oseti Sakowin youth and allies organized a traditional relay run from the Starting Rock Reservation to Washington, D.C. They arrived in the capital with a petition bearing over 140,000 signatures, and the run, was, the run inspired youth groups to organize, and, to organize groups near the construction site of the Dakota Access Pipeline. These grassroots movements would grow into the Standing Rock Resistance Group that drew national attention. If you didn't know, if you didn't know by now, most indigenous groups believe in non-violence, so they are peacefully protesting and pose no threat. However, the police, the police officers or the law, the law enforcement who were there, attacked the protesters, sprayed them with tear gas, and some were even arrested. All this while they were peacefully protesting. Now, you may be thinking, with all these protests going on, how has the government responded? How have the leaders of the country responded? A number of federal agencies announced back in September that they'll be reviewing 
its approvals and temporarily stopping permits for all construction on federal land near or under the Mississippi River. In his first remarks since protests started, Barack Obama said, said that the U.S. Army Corps was studying whether the pipeline could be routed around sacred native lands. However, the statements he released on the 1st of November did not include specific proposals or commitments and said that the government was going to, in quotes, let it play out for several more weeks and determine whether or not this can be resolved in a way that I think is properly attentive to the traditions of the first Americans. So now you may be thinking, what had what the people who, who started all this mess, what did they have to say about this? Energy transfer patterns. Energy transfer patterns said in, in court filling back in September that the Dakota Access Pipeline is 45% complete and that a temporary injunction to stop it would have devastating short and long-term impacts. The company has also previously denounced threats and attacks perpetrated upon its employees. Like, could you imagine we're talking about um we're talking about the sacred land of the of the native people, and they're talking about um st how stopping the how stopping the pipeline would 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 lead to devastating short and long term impacts. It shows very it's very toned up and very very sensitive to the tribal people. In response of the of the, um, in response to the concerns of contamination and environmental hazards, DAPL has argued that pipelines are the safest, most efficient method of transporting oil. The company also claims that claims that increased production in the baking oil field has led to a rise in the shipments of oil by rail, by rail and truck, leaving less transportation available for regional agriculture. Those are all the facts that have been given to us. To, end, to wrap up this episode, I'm going to play you a clip of some of the process which were captured live. Also, what some of the water protectors and the youth have to say about this whole mess. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Take a look. So where you're seeing the police, whether it's state police, DAPL security, they're on top of a giant mountain that is where their ancestors are buried, the Native Americans. The Natives want to go and hold a peaceful prayer circle on the other bank. This is land that is theirs per the Laramie Treaty of 1851. This is a sacred burial site. But also, they're saying it's Army Corps of Engineer lands, which means on multiple levels what's happening here is illegal. This is a militarized police force up against an unarmed, peaceful prayer for people. So I was out there, one of the first ones in the water. Mesta says, hurts, hurts. like I'm watching the salt mine protest with Gandhi. I mean, these people are in the water. They're freezing to death. This water is not warm. I couldn't feel my legs. I had to get out or I was about to pass out. They're trying to disperse women and children because there's a fear that the cops that are coming in on those boats over there have actual bullets. The police are committing I see a sniper laying right there on the ridge. You can see his rifle sticking over the edge of the ridge right there. The sniper is not holding rubber bullets, I guarantee you. These people from the North Dakota Police Force and the United States government has lost legitimacy in every respect today. President Obama needs to step in and intervene before we have loss of life on either side. You guys ever see anything like this? This is absolutely insane, man. These people are 
just trying to protect their families, protect their water. It's like a row of dominoes. You got one mace over here, one mace over here, one mace over here. Did they give you warning that they were gonna mace? No, not at all. Sitting there with my hands up, and I told him I love you, and the guy came and sprayed us. They sprayed me in the face for probably six, seven seconds, and I just stood there until they were done. Once you feel the power of these people, I mean, it brings tears to your eyes. People, they're fighting for a human right. So a video like that is obviously incredibly important because it shows you exactly what's happening. They're in the water. They pose no threat at all whatsoever. They're practicing their constitutional rights in protesting, and they're met with that type of violence, with pepper spray, rubber bullets, so almost every article I've seen in the mainstream media about these protests, what little articles there have been, start with the idea that there might have been violence from the protesters and hence the cops had to react. But when there's violence from the cops, there's never an article about it. So it, the, and the articles never start with the cops came in heavily militarized mm -hmm. and started firing before anything else happened. And we got it on tape right there. There's no threat from the protesters at all. I mean, what possible harm is there of them being in the water? Number one, the cops are not like, they're not trying to remove them from the water, mm -hmm. they, and they don't have to. Right. They're not going on the land, so why do you have to fire mace at them? Because they're an inconvenience. They're, no, you know why? Because they want to. Yeah. They want to. They're like, ooh, I got dressed up. I got all dressed up today mm -hmm. as a stormtrooper. Oh, it'll be such a buzzkill if I don't get the stormtroop. So, and, and all of this, if they were protecting something important that was central to all Americans, and hey, like, hey guys, what are you doing, man? You're, t you know, you're gonna go over, take over federal land that isn't yours? Oh, right, that's the Bundy militia. Okay, okay, then you say, well, what are they gonna do? No, this is an all in service for private profits of a private corporation. A corporation that right now is a half a mile from the river that the government has told them they are not allowed to drill in yet. So, but the police aren't facing towards the corporation going, hey, wait a minute, you, we've got to make sure that you're not in violation of a government order here. They're like, they face the citizens mm -hmm. and fire first. What's also really interesting is how power can completely skew your mind in terms of what you should and shouldn't fight for, right? So those cops that are firing at these protesters, that are fighting back against these protesters in such a vicious way, are not part of the corporation, they're part of the same socioeconomic group that's being screwed over by the same system, right? Yeah, when do we get the profits? Hey, when you build the Dakota Access Pipeline, if you build it, are you going to share all the profits with the cops, let alone us, the citizens? No, you're not going to share it with the citizens, even though you did eminent domain to get some of that land, even though you're going to drill under our river, you're not going to share the profits with us. Are you even going to share it with the cops that you're now having act as stormtroopers for your private corporation? No, it gets, no, you're not going to share it with them. It goes further than that, Jenk. Are you even going to pay your fair share of taxes from the profits you make from that pipeline? Of course not. So look, this is a perfect example of, of a system that doesn't work for us, a system that works for these corporations. You see something like that where you have actual property owners um, having their property messed with regardless of whether or not they own it. I, I, I mean, that's the crazy part, right? We talk about the, the militiamen and how they're protesting the use of federal land, federal land that belongs to everyone, right? Um, 
they're not met with violence. They have they're actually armed and they're not met with violence. These individuals are not armed. They're peaceful and some of these individuals actually own the land. They have their relatives buried in this land. So I would argue that they have a better case than the militiamen. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they have a better case. Once a corporation gets involved, they will have their way and that's it.